0: Hello and welcome to Views from the Market, Mid-Market Private Equity and M&A in Canada. My name is Mario Negro. I'm a partner at Steckman Elliott in the Private Equity and M&A Group. For today's podcast, I'd like to welcome our special guest, Michelle Alfonso. Michelle is the National Transactions Advisory Services Leader and also the National Private Equity Leader at Grand Thorn. Michelle, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me on the show, Mario.
0: Michelle, I'd like to start by talking a little bit about yourself and your practice and the work that you do at Grant Thorn.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Um, so I've been in transactions for about 20 years. Most of this has been in, in deal advisory, about half of this in the Canadian mid-market. I started my career in the Middle East and have moved around in various roles from lead M&A to um, capital raising support and where, in my current expertise in transaction advisory services or financial due diligence. For your listeners who may not know our team, Grant Thornton's transaction team, we're about 16 partners across our national network, about 90 deal professionals. About half our practice is specialized in lead M&A and corporate finance. We work with entrepreneurs to support the sale of their businesses. Um, And the other half of our practice is really financial advisory around valuations and the team that I lead, our financial due diligence, our quality of earnings practice. Our due diligence practice our core specialty is, as I said, financial due diligence. About half of what we do is buy-side due diligence and about half of what we do is sell-side due diligence. Um, our transactions can range anywhere from five million to half a billion. On the the low end of the range, it's typically our serially acquisitive corporate and private equity clients. And on the high end of the range, those deals are typically our, our more complex strategic acquisitions as well as public company divestitures that we've um, seen a lot of over the last few years. In addition to my role as the lead for the transaction advisory services practice, I also lead our firm strategy and private equity. So I work with a team of partners across the country to support our private equity clients access deal flow from our own network and to support their assurance tax advisory needs for the funds as well as their portfolio companies. But most of my lens um, that I'll speak from today is is really in my um, role as due diligence lead.
0: Well, Michelle, I'm excited to have you join us today because, you know, Grant Thorne has been a leader in the mid market. And I know you've been, uh, you know, active in the mid market for many, many years. So, taking your perspective is going to be of particular interest to our listeners. And I wanted to kind of start by talking about what you've been seeing in the market because you've been an active participant for many, many years. You've seen the whirlwind that we've been through the last few years. So, I wanted to get from your perspective kind of what you've seen in the market. Talk a little bit about, you know, what's happened to transaction diligence. And, and I think it's one of those areas that's gone through a lot of changes. So maybe we start first by what you're seeing in the market. Yeah,
1: I think Mario, exactly as you said, it's been a whirlwind the last few years. I think after a few months of pause with the deal uncertainty around COVID, the pace of deal making that we've seen, the um, acceleration of activity with our existing clients and new clients has been unprecedented. Um, and I think from a financial diligence perspective, um, it's really put us in an interesting place because I think we're seeing a lot more interest and intent to do really good deals, but also a lot more cautiousness and uncertainty about what the future holds. You know, when you talk about financial due diligence and the the role that we play in deal making, the traditional idea of, of due diligence has always been this idea that we're going to look back at the last two years and 12 months of, of uh financial data and you know work our magic and come to a view on what sustainable EBITDA really looks like for a business and the idea of sustainable EBITDA in today's market with all of the complexity and all of the layers of change that are happening around any business um, has really set financial due diligence um, in a really interesting place in the deal making process because um, the lens that we're working from is You know, not necessarily just to come up with a view of what sustainable EBITDA is. I don't think anyone can do that anymore, but really to unpack all of the layers of complexity and really help our buyers um, or our sellers look at their businesses and understand all of the the complexity um, of influences of the supply chain, raw material pricing, uh, labor market changes, changing consumer behaviors, all of these different impacts on the numbers and help our clients see um, and understand what you know, risk and opportunities that creates to to EBITDA. So it's not necessarily just about sustainable EBITDA and forming a view on what is sustainable, but more about forming a view on what is the potential, what is the risk.
0: And, you know, Michelle, to your point, I've noticed that there's a lot of pressure on uh, financial diligence providers now because these kind of swings that we've seen in the last few years, you're being asked to kind of give perspective, sometimes opinions on how you manage these, you know, swings of in, in EBITDA or in profitability or sale, like just these, uh, you know, drastic changes in the numbers in short periods of time. Um, and I just want to get your perspective on how, how you're managing that because I, I know I see it in the deals where you, they kind of push on you to kind of give them intelligence or, you know, drill down on that. And yet it's just such a hard thing to do given it's literally, you know, almost like a phenomenon. It's just happened. So
1: Yeah, it's it's been really interesting. And I think what has been fantastic is that buyers and lenders that are working in the deal markets today are walking in with just eyes wide open. I don't think there's anyone who's kind of glossing over the impact that COVID has had good or bad on on the numbers that we're seeing in businesses. And I don't feel a lot of pressure as a due diligence advisor to form a view and say, well, this is sustainable. (laughs) I don't think I have that crystal ball. And I, I, I think buyers and, and uh, lenders that we're working with see that and understand that. Um, I think the, the pressure is, for us or the, um, the expectation for us is really to help isolate all of the different variables that are impacting the numbers that we're seeing. So, you know, is it really consumer behavior? Have there been any changes in the sales strategy? Like, are you seeing growth and investment in the sales team or are you seeing people scale back and restructure the sales team um has pricing changed that and that's led to changes in the numbers it's not it's our role in through the financial due diligence process that we're going through is really to unpack all of those different variables and help our our clients really see what's driving the numbers so we may not form a view on what's sustainable but we're definitely forming a view on all of the different levers that as a buyer of a business, you'll be able to pull post-transaction to create more value.
0: And I, I know, Michelle, we've talked about that key concept of sustainable EBITDA, and I, I know that's so- something that really has changed. What I find interesting about your practice and the practice transaction diligence is just how much has changed in terms of how you do the work and how you analyze. And I, you know, we talked about at the beginning of, of COVID how, you know, just the physical on-site meetings were not happening anymore and yet diligence was still taking place and and how a lot of the old ways of doing diligence were being replaced by new ways of doing diligence and I'm curious if you think that that's here to stay are we going back are you now that we're kind of in this kind of I don't know what we'll call it semi-post COVID phase are you finding that we're going back to the old ways what what are we going to go back to and i guess what are we never if that makes sense what are we never going to go back to and what are we going to go back to in, in your world will we see uh, the physical comeback? um the visits the the on-site stuff or so i would like, like to get your perspective in terms of what's changed forever i guess and what you think we might actually revisit
1: Yeah, it's a, a good question i'll say this like even post pre-pandemic our team wasn't doing a whole lot of work on site. I think the sellers that we're typically working with, you know, because of the fact that we're focused on the mid-market, a lot of the sellers and businesses that we're working with are privately owned, um, entrepreneur-led businesses. There's always been a lot of sensitivity to having a whole team of, of people show up on site. So we did a lot of work remotely pre-pandemic, and that's kind of sustained itself post-pandemic as well. We tried to do site business, but um, it's not really critical. We work close complement to our deal teams that are doing site visits and you know we'll try to align on that as much as possible. I think the bigger thing that's changed in the recent to like the last two years in diligence is really data analytics and the capabilities that that's brought to the table. Like I said before, like I think QFBs, you know, at some point, a lot of, not all buyers, but a subsect of the market, buyers would, would view QFE as almost a check-the-box exercise, and oh, we need to do this because the banks require it to lend. And I think that concept that QFE is compliance has really been washed away. The only way to really understand what's happening with the business and its numbers is to deep dive much deeper than we've we've ever done through diligence before. So um, the use of data analytics tools, data analytic tools, have really. Enhance that our ability to look back at longer periods of time. So you know, not going back just the traditional two years, but really looking back at a five-year history in a business, um, and being able to do a lot of that on in the same timelines and with the same attention to detail that we were previously looking at a, a shorter-term period has been really impactful. And and I don't think that's changing. I think the I think there's just been a a change in the value that you know we as providers, but also as as clients and and especially as more buyers are seeing um, the capabilities that deal analytics brings to the market, I think you're going to start to see that become more of the norm.
0: One of the things that I've noticed, particularly amongst uh, the accounting firms, particularly in the transaction diligence teams, is the extent of how busy you are you know we we've all been service providers have all been busy but i find that accounting firms have really there's just been enormous pressure on accounting firms with the volume of work in in an environment where obviously we're all dealing with scarce human resources because people have other options and i how how is that process being managed at grant or how are you managing this incredible like two i call it two hurricanes hitting us at the same time a lot of work but people also transitioning and looking for other opportunities in a very competitive environment
1: yeah Uh, mario it's been it's been fantastic for our team our team has been uh growing substantially like doubling in size every year for the last five years or so and what's been nice is that we've had a lot of retention a lot of people that have chosen to stay so our real real struggle is not necessarily turnover at least from this is speaking purely from a diligence perspective obviously our our firm is seeing all of the same pressures as other firms. But from a diligence team perspective, our, our team members have been here from the beginning. We've had associates that are now directors with our team. So we've seen people that are seeing the opportunity, um, getting the support and being able to grow. Um, and so a lot of my senior team members are people that have been with the team for, for many years. Um, the big pressure for us is really our recruitment. It's very hard to find great people and bring them in fast enough to support the, the scale of um, the, how quickly the, our business is scaling or how fast our clients are are doing deals in the market.
0: I wanted to ask you just to build on that point about the scale and the growth. Uh, you know, I always find that the people who work at Transaction Diligence, they're kind of frontline. They kind of see the buyers. They kind of really have a, a real foot on the ground because, you know, no, all transactions kind of start where you are. Um, have, have you noticed any differences in the buyers, the sellers in the mid-market? Has, have, has anything really caught your attention in terms of, like, I know you're also the national private equity leader. I'm, I'm curious if you've noticed changes in the nature of the buyers you're working with or even of the sellers you represent.
1: I think uh, there are a couple of things. So on the sell side, I, I find there is a lot more focus on, on owning and controlling the narrative. Um, so the emergence of sell-side diligence has been happening for a while in the Canadian mid-market. And I would say the last three years, we've really started to see it being a necessity on, on deals of a certain size. Um, the last two years it's come down. So on most deals uh, that we're seeing come to market, there's usually a sell-side diligence that's that's been done. And I think that's really interesting because the level, what that's done is really shifted the balance of, you know, deal negotiation, we're seeing a lot more competition or a lot more competitive options that are sustaining how long the process is run before exclusivity is granted. We're seeing buyers fully aware of that and so investing much earlier in the process and doing more robust diligence early in the process. Um, We're seeing negotiations around some things like working capital, for example. Uh, come to the table a little earlier than we were um, a few years ago, especially because working capital is one of those areas that, you know, you you look at a lot of businesses and it's just this rapid escalation of working capital um, that's carried by a lot of businesses. And so really dealing with those those issues, negotiating through that has required that buyers undertake more detailed diligence up front, sellers and buyers engage in more information, um, negotiation up front. And, um, you know, by the time you get to the end of the deal process, I think um, it, it's really interesting because I think by that time you get closer towards the end of the deal process, the buyers are more intent on deals because they've spent so much time and they've spent so much, you know, sweat equity, learning about these businesses and, and engaging with the management teams or the the next level leadership there.
0: You've kind of already hit on to the next question I was going to ask, Michelle, did you? You've probably already, uh, you're already, as I like to say, looking into the crystal ball, which is, you know, we always ask our guests for their thoughts on where the market's going and, and their perspective on what they see coming. And obviously it's such a, in so many different macro and micro forces. So I, I wanted to get your perspective on, from your work, where you see this market going and any trends that you're seeing that are, and you've mentioned, I think already a few that that might be solidifying, but your your sense of uh, where the market's going, trends we can expect, new things that you think might be coming. would love to get your perspective on, on what you think is to come.
1: You know, Mario, like many of your other speakers, I'm very optimistic. I think we're seeing trends in the market today where, you know, funds have been raised, buyers have gotten comfortable doing deals with the level of uncertainty that we have. Um, we're seeing a lot more strategic markets, uh, strategic buyers come to the market with with really healthy, robust balance sheets that can support continued deal making. And so I think the the markets are going to sustain themselves. with uncertainty comes opportunity, and I, I think that's just going to continue to drive um, more acquisitions in the near term. You know, what happens five years out? <laughs> I would love to know, but um, I think from where we're sitting, what we're seeing and hearing from our client base, it's going, to be a, it's going to continue to be a robust market for the next few years.
0: And I wanted to build on a question, and it kind of relates to something you brought up earlier, Michelle. I mean, the use of technology and diligence, and you had already alluded to this in some of the data analytics, but are we going to see that really kind of become the norm? And I say I'm not a technology person, but is the idea that technology more and more will seep into the diligence process in one form or another?
1: I think absolutely, Mario. Like, I... I think the parties that we're working with now on the buy side and the sell side are really seeing the ability to leverage technology to to have more control of information, to better understand information, um, and then to be more adept at storytelling, you know, really conveying what's happened and and where the opportunities are. Um, so I think it's gonna continue to be a big part of how the M&A market beyond diligence, how the MA market where the M&A market moves. I think we're going to see more data analytics, both in the diligence process, but also on the lead M&A side. And we're seeing a bit of that now, but I think it's going to start to emerge over the next year or two.
0: Michelle, I really want to thank you for joining us and uh, really appreciate your insight, particularly in terms of understanding you know, where transaction diligence is going. Uh, it's been fascinating to think and, and hear about where we can expect to see uh, transaction diligence head towards the future. So thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me on the show, Mario.
0: I really appreciate it.